Richard's death, it seemed all she did was think about matters he'd told her not to worry about, matters that weren't her concern. Matters, when he'd given her that look, that were none of her business. Now it was all her concern, and all her business, because she owed creditors, a mortgage company, and the United States government so much money, it paralyzed her. She couldn't afford to be paralyzed. She had a child. She had a daughter. Callie was all that mattered now. She was only three, Shelby thought, and wanted to lay her head down on that slick, shiny desk and weep. But you won't. You're what she's got now, so you'll do whatever has to be done. She opened one of the boxes, the one marked Personal Papers. The lawyers and tax people had taken everything, gone through everything, copied everything, she supposed. Now she would go through everything and see what could be salvaged for Callie. She needed to find enough, somewhere, to provide for her child after she'd paid off all the debt. She'd get work, of course, but it wouldn't be enough. She didn't care about the money she thought, as she began going through receipts for suits and shoes and restaurants and hotels, for private planes. She'd learned she didn't care about the money after the first whirlwind year, after Callie. After Callie, all she'd wanted was a home. She stopped, looked around Richard's office, the harsh colors of the modern art he'd preferred, the stark white walls he said best showed off that art, and the dark woods and leathers. This wouldn't be home, and hadn't been. Would never be, she thought, if she lived here eighty years instead of the scant three months since they'd moved in. He'd bought it without consulting her, furnished it without asking what she'd like. A surprise, he'd said, throwing open the doors to this monster house in Villanova, this echoing building in what he'd claimed was the best of the Philadelphia suburbs. And she'd pretended to love it, hadn't she? Grateful for a settled place, however much the hard colors and towering ceilings intimidated. Callie would have a home, go to good schools, play in a safe neighborhood, make friends, She'd make friends, too. That had been her hope. But there hadn't been time. Just as there wasn't a $10 million life insurance policy. He'd lied about that, too. Lied about the college fund for Callie. Why? She put that question aside. She'd never know the answer, so why ask why? She could take his suits and shoes and ties and his sports equipment, the golf clubs and skis, take all those to consignment shops. Take what she could get there. Take whatever they didn't repossess and sell it. On damn eBay if she had to. Or Craigslist. Or a pawn shop. It didn't matter. Plenty in her own closet to sell. And jewelry, too. She looked at the diamond the ring he'd slipped on her finger when they got to Vegas. The wedding ring she'd keep, but the diamond she'd sell. There was plenty of her own to sell. For Callie. She went through files, one by one. They'd taken all the computers, and those she didn't have back yet. 
but the actual paper was tangible. She opened his medical file. He'd taken good care of himself, she thought, which reminded her to cancel the memberships at the country club at the fitness center. That had gone out of her mind. He'd been a healthy man, one who kept his body in tune, who never missed a checkup. She needed to toss out all those vitamins and supplements he'd taken daily, she decided as she turned over another paper. No reason to keep those. No reason to keep these records, either. The healthy man had drowned in the Atlantic, just a few miles off the South Carolina coast, at the age of thirty-three. She should just shred all this. Richard had been big on shredding, and had his own machine right there in the office. Creditors didn't need to see the results of his last routine blood work or the confirmation of his flu shot from two years ago.